This is our second session on Colossians 2, 13-15. Last time we focused on our condition before conversion, before salvation. We were dead in our trespasses, in the uncircumcision of our flesh, and today we focus on God made alive. You who were dead, God made alive with him. This is the moment of your conversion. This is instantaneous and unrepeatable. It's not a process. It's the moment where you came from death. You passed from death, spiritual death, to life. This is all the historical work God did on the cross to make this just. So we're focusing on what is this? What happened? in our lives, in our hearts, when we were made alive. So God, grant, I pray now, focus, grant clarity, grant spiritual discernment. And if any who are looking at this have not been made alive, would you do the miracle by your word to make them alive in Christ Jesus? I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. First, to comment on with him made alive with Christ. That's a reference back to what we saw in the previous two verses, where it says, we were buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. So, in baptism, we symbolize that because of union with Christ, we, we are united with him, and we'll see how that union comes about in this session. Because of our union with Christ, when he dies, we die with him, and when he rises, we rise with him. So there is a real sense in which life has been uh, purchased for us at the cross, which now, in this moment of time, is granted to us, given to us. He made us alive with him. Now let's think together about what that Means. I said last time that that means we were dead. That's explicit right here. And I said that the deadness involved blindness. I said that the deadness involved hardness. And I said that the deadness involved um, inability. And the verses for those are blind. Second uh, Corinthians four, four and hard Ephesians four eighteen and inability several we could choose Romans eight eight and the dead is right here in Colossians two thirteen so how does the making alive correspond to those conditions of Deadness. Let's just take them one at a time. I'm going to suggest that dead is solved by new birth. You can say it in different ways, and we will say it in different ways, but let's go there first. Here's John 3 3 through 8. Jesus answered Nicodemus, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again, that is, have life that you don't have now. 
Something new has to come into being, a new you with life. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of it. You don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So this born again means born of the Spirit. The Spirit has to move into our lives and cause us to be born again. Here's the way Peter talks about that. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. Just like back in Ephesians 2, 4, it says, being rich in mercy, he made us alive. And here it says, because of his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And later in that chapter, Peter says, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. That's why I prayed at the beginning that if any of you is not born again, it would happen while I am speaking the word of God. That's how it happens. The spirit moves by the word of God into our heart to create something new, new birth. So my answer to deadness here is to suggest that we think in terms of we must be born again in order to have new life. Now, what about blindness? How does that get resolved? So let's go to our text and see both the problem and the solution. The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. That's part of our deadness to keep us from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ's who is the image of God. When the gospel is preached, we don't see glory when we're dead. We're bored by it. We don't want to go to church. We don't want to read our Bibles. We, won't, we don't want to talk to Christians. We are blind as a bat to the beauty of Christ. What has to happen? Verse 6, God, who at the beginning of creation said, let there be light. That's the picture here. God who said, let light shine out of darkness has to do that again. This is creation. This is new creation. He has shown in our hearts, our blind hearts, to give light, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Suddenly, after a lifetime of hearing the gospel, or not, and now hearing it for the 10,000th time or the first time, not seeing anything in all those previous times, we see glory, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God and the miracle of creation happens, a new light in the new creation. Paul talks that way later in Colossians. Don't lie to one another seeing that you have put off the old self because it died. It died when it was united with Christ in baptism. The old self died with its practices, and you have put on the new self. And how's he going to describe it? Which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. This new self is a new creation in Christ Jesus. We are not just born again, we are made new creatures, as Paul says in Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship, created 
in Christ Jesus for good works which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, the answer to blindness is new light in in a, a new creature. Now, what about hardness? Here's Ezekiel describing the new covenant that Christ will perform. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone. (laughs) Oh, glorious, right? You know anybody with a hard heart that you've witnessed to a hundred times? And it all bounces off because it's a stone. This is what's going to happen. If God chooses for it to happen, he will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, give you a heart of flesh that is a tender, touchable, sensible, sensitive heart, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. This is the glorious replacement of hardness with a new, soft heart. One more. What about inability? It says in Romans 8, the mind of the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. We cannot submit to God. We cannot believe. Well, that creates a huge problem, right? Because believing is how you get life. This, this new birth here is birth in believing. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. How are you going to get life into this dead heart? We're going to believe. Life corresponds to believing. Believing corresponds to life. Nobody has eternal life if they're not believers. How does that belief come about? Here's first chapter of John. Jesus came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who received him, that is, who believed in his name, believing, receiving, he gave right to become the children of God, who were now born. When were they born? Were they born before this receiving or after this receiving and believing? Listen and see if you answer the way I do who were born not of the blood of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. We did not will ourselves into existence as new creatures in Christ. God caused us to be born again. Because we are born, we receive. Because we are born, we believe, which is what 1 John 5, 1 says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. That's the, the believing is the evidence of the new birth, not the other way around, or the way Paul says it here, or the way Luke describes it in Paul's preaching in Acts 13. When the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. God destined, he predestined people for 
life, and because they were among the appointed, they believed. Which brings us now to this last verse, Ephesians 2. By grace you have been saved through faith. It only happens through faith. Life comes through faith. If you believe, you don't perish, but have eternal life. No life without faith, no faith without life. Now watch what he says. This, this grace saved through faith, the whole thing, including faith, is not your own doing. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Because he gives new birth. He gives new light. He gives a soft heart. And he gives faith. So he makes us alive. Solving the problem of deadness with new birth, solving the problem of blindness with a new creation and new light, solving the problem of hardness by taking out the heart of stone, solving the problem of our dead inability to believe and please God by granting us the gift of faith. This is a glorious work, and everyone should know how you got saved so that you may spend the rest of eternity praising God for his sovereign grace.